This is exactly right. If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines, honey. And June's Journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens. And don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the Detective Club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out. You never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. What's that at the foot of my bed? It's spooky and kooky. I'm pretty sure it's dead. It's coming this way. Wait a minute. Hey, boo! It's me, Roz, and welcome to Ghosted by Roz Hernandez, the podcast where I talk to people that I like about things that make me go, eek, that's too scary. It's Living for the Dead month. It is October, season one of Living for the Dead is about to come out October 18th on Hulu, all eight episodes dropping. And this whole month, I get to talk to my lovely cast. And today, I get to talk to Alex LeMay, who is somebody that has a ton of experience ghost hunting and really knows technology. Actually, Alex LeMay, a couple months ago, I got a cable thing for my TV. I don't let's see this is how I am. A cable thing. I don't know any of this stuff. And I spent hours with this damn thing. I was about to go take it back and get a new one cuz I couldn't figure it out. I call Alex LeMay and she's like, "Let's FaceTime." Within 3 seconds, she's like, "Oh, you got to put that and that thing and that and that thing." Now, I I'm, I'm sure the average person also could have figured that out, but to me, that is true wizardry. Okay, that is witchcraft at its finest, and I admire it. So we're going to talk more today about Alex LeMay and her experiences. That's the thing. I don't know these people's experiences. I mean, I don't know a lot of their ghost experiences. So I hope that 
throughout this month. We'll talk a lot about that. It's funny because, like, I love talking to people that work in the paranormal industry, but I've never talked to ones that I've, like, intimately traveled and done investigations with, you know. So it's crazy how close we are bonded, the five of us on this show. We are, like, uh, I guess you could say a family. Like, when you're spending that much time and traveling and, and also going through, like, now we're going to be on a TV show together. And, like, that's crazy, too. Like, I don't know. It's just – it's really wild. But one thing that I probably will never stop talking about, having spent so much time talking to people that do these kinds of TV shows, now that I've done one, this stuff is real, y'all. And I'm skeptical. You know this about me. I'm not just going to believe any little thing. When you're actually there, like, yeah, you watch these shows. And sure, I've, I've poked fun before about how you watch these shows and they're constantly like, something just grabbed my arm. Something just touched me. And then I'm at home like, okay, great, riveting, really exciting to watch. But I mean, it's crazy how I've spent so many years watching these and then all of a sudden I found myself inside of one. And so much stuff happened. Like these places that we go to, we're going to these places because it's nonstop paranormal activity. That's the other thing. You watch these and you're like, oh, I'm so sure the camera crews show up and the ghosts are just, they get out of their little dressing rooms and they start, oh, okay, there's cameras. Let's perform for the cameras. It doesn't work that way. We know it doesn't work that way. But these places that we went to were so haunted. All of them, we had real things happen. And the other thing that you don't think about when you watch these shows is, like, these people aren't just there for those moments that are on camera. Like, we were there for a long time. Also, there's certain things that don't make it to the final cut of these TV shows that, you know, for whatever ever reason, like, maybe the camera didn't actually, you know, pick up the thing that happened or who knows what. They were taking a lunch break. You got to eat. That's the other thing. These people eat when they do these things. I never thought about that when I would watch these shows. Oh, yeah, we got to eat. So we'd sit there and take a lunch break. And then all of a sudden, somebody's like, oh, something just scratched me. And you're like, wait, but we're not even filming right now. I can tell you a story that happened when I was shooting the show. First of all, these damn ghosts, so many times when we were shooting, they would do the craziest shit for me, of course, when the cameras weren't on or when the cameras weren't pointing at me. This is what I get for, you know, making fun of these shows. There was like a moment, um, one that just pops up in my brain right now. We were at the Copper Queen Hotel in Bisbee, Arizona. Bisbee, one of the best towns I've ever been. Gorgeous. But uh, this Copper Queen Hotel, absolutely terrifying. In my opinion, scariest place we went the whole time. Anyway, there was a moment, no cameras on. We stayed in this hotel, just us, by the way, just our cast and crew for, you know, however many days it was that we shot. And, you know, everyone's winding down the night, you know, people are going to their rooms. And, you know, we had some designated rooms where we would keep like our cameras, you know, that we would use or like our different devices, our equipment, whatever. And... I'm like looking down one of the hallways that that was like a populated hallway where we had a lot of our stuff set up or like a little room with snacks in it, you know. And I see that like the lights are on in one of those rooms 
And there's like somebody walking around. I can see their shadow projected on the ground. And so I'm like, oh, I wonder who that is. I go over there. There's nobody in there. I said, bitch, we're not shooting right now. Can you come back when the cameras are out? Whoever is in here, can you come back? Like literally we're going to start shooting or, you know, just come a little over this way. There's a, I know there's a camera set up over here. Can you come follow me? But like, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's all real. That's all I want to say. Um, so much of my just beliefs have changed since I started this journey of doing this show. I was around so much of this stuff, and I saw things with my own eyes that I had only ever heard people tell me stories on this podcast about. I'll get into the stuff, you know. Listen, if you like this show, you're stuck with me. I'll be telling these stories for years, I'm sure. So I'll save it. But right now, I want to talk to the amazing... Also, not trying to objectify or anything, but gorgeous. Just like Juju. Oh, my God, these two. Juju, Alex, stunning. Tens. Flawless. Here's Alex LeMay. And with a show. Oh, my God. I am squealing like a little piggy. (laughs) Like a... Like Arizona Javelina, because I am joined by Alex LeMay. Hello. Hi. Hi, Alex. Now, first first off, please don't tell the others I said this, but you are my favorite of the five. <gasps> I was going to say the same thing. Ooh. Let's just keep that between us, though. Okay. So this is going to be funny because you and I do talk on the phone probably... Two and a half hours a day on a busy day when we don't have much time. So we do talk a lot. However, I have been very good about this. As tempting as it is, I do not let any of you bitches tell me your ghost stories because I always say I'm saving it for the pod. One of these days, you're going to come on the podcast. And I've heard little blips from you here and there. But this is the moment where I'm really going to dive in with you and hear your stories. (laughs) That sounds great. And that's true because you've cut me off before when I started talking about stuff. Yeah, I get real aggressive. Shut up! (laughs) I've tried to calculate how many hours you and I have spent on the phone. I don't know if that's a feature, but I am curious. Over the last year, how many hours you and I have clocked talking on the phone? Yeah, for sure. Well, and you and I have seen each other since we wrapped shooting. We went to a couple of ghosty little places in Arizona. We went to uh, Jerome, which is one of my favorite little towns. It's where I famously captured the EVP that says, I pooped here. (laughs) That was so fun. We also went to Sedona which is another place where I've seen UFOs, possibly. Though, I don't know. We'll see. Who knows? Okay, let's just get into it. Who are you? Where are you from? What got you into the paranormal? It's a lot of questions. My name is Alexandre LeMay. I'm a paranormal investigator with an inclination towards tech, really into electronics. And I've been investigating... Since I could remember. I think because I've come from a family of people that believe in ghosts, and I have a couple mediums in the family. You do? Yeah. (laughs) So it's not frowned upon if you're like, I saw a ghost, which is actually pretty common for kids. I feel like they see them all the time. Did you see ghosts as a kid? I did, yeah. 
I called them imaginary friends, but at some point my grandma sat me down and was like, I don't think these are imaginary friends. I think you're seeing ghosts. And if they ever bother you, just tell them to go away and they'll listen. So that was really my first taste of investigating and learning how to set boundaries with these spirits that came to visit me all the time. Was your grandma a medium? She could see people that had passed on, but it was really my dad. My dad had a lot of stories, seeing family members that have been deceased or just dead people walking around. Really? Yeah, I love it. My life's been spooky for a while. You're a little bit sensitive, right? I am. So are you. No, I'm not. I love it. I'm not sensitive. (laughs) I am. You say that, but I swear you are. (laughs) No, I am a hardened show pony. I am not sensitive in any way. I am just like, what you see is what you get. I used to think that I was sensitive, but as I've gotten more skeptical as time goes on, I'm like, yeah, of course I thought every single 200-year-old building was haunted. It just feels haunted, but like... Because of how it looks or because of how it makes you feel, though? Well, you look at it and it makes you feel a certain way. You go in those places and you're like, ooh, this a lot of I have a feeling a lot of people have been here. I have a feeling somebody probably died here in the past 200 years. Oh, yeah. Well, for sure. But some places you can really feel it. I think that you're more in tune than you let on. I guess. I don't know. (laughs) You are. So, God, I don't even know. It's so funny because talking to all of you people from this TV show, it's, like, hard and easy to try to, like, interview you because I feel like I know you guys very well. Mm -hmm. But also, I don't know. It's like we're, we're definitely peers. But at the same time, when I think of the skills that you all have, I'm like, they're all so cool. Like, I want to hear everything. How did you learn all that stuff? Because you're really (laughs) good at the technical stuff, the the machinery, the toys. I don't do that. It's also because I've always been so broke that I'm just like, I'm going to try to ghost hunt with whatever's cheapest. And I can barely even work a damn iPhone. So... (laughs) Tell me about what what attracts you to that side of paranormal investigation. Um, You know, I've thought about this in the past. I think they were separate things for me for a minute because I, too, was broke. So I was mainly just using candles and whatever cheap thing I could find to investigate with, like Ouija Ouija birds. Ouija Ouija birds! birds. (laughs) Ouija birds! (laughs) Ouija birds were cheap. They were like 12 bucks back in the day. Um... But I used to fix iPhones. If my computer broke, I would take it apart and fix it. I've always been like interested in puzzles. And I think electronics are just giant puzzles and they're very fun. So at some point it melded. I consider myself a failed medium where I'm just too logical to let myself believe in the visuals and what I'm being told, like to really tap in. I think I'm just... My body doesn't let me because I'm too, I don't know, analytical maybe. And so the electronic side allows me to capture it. And that to me is more scientific. And my little brain is like, okay, this makes sense. This is a ghost. This is unusual. This is paranormal. This has high strangeness into it. So it kind of melted at some point, probably in high school. 
But that's why, like, me being skeptical, I'm like, I can't trust my gut and I can't trust technology because I'm like, it's probably malfunctioning. It's probably, <laughs> like, I don't trust any of that stuff. I don't trust robots. Yeah. I don't trust any of that. And you shouldn't. I mean, there are so many different anomalies that happen because of a glitch or something like that. But the more into technology you get, the more you understand the devices that you're using, you typically can tell what has come from either a glitch or not. Like the old SLS, they used a Kinect, like, you know, the Kinect from the Xbox that would map into figures. Yeah. Explain to all of the listeners what a SLS is. So it's a scattered light sensor. It's like a bunch of little infrared dots or like lasers basically that we can't see get scattered around the room and they collect data as far as depth goes and what it is that it's seeing in a 3D view. And then there's a repository, like a list of things that it knows to look for. So if it sees a chair, it says it's a chair. If it sees a human, it says it's a human. And there's a little bit of flaw in that because it's such old technology that sometimes it'll see a chair and think it's a human. So there's a lot of new technology like the iPad app that we used on the show that has a much better record of what it is that it's seeing. So it's a lot more accurate. And that's what I mean by like getting to know the technology because then you can feel more confident in what it is that it's mapping in if it's actually like a humanoid figure or if it's just a chair. And it'll appear as like a stick figure walking around and then... It'll lead you to believe, oh, there's a ghost standing right there. Yeah. So it'll map in a humanoid figure. It knows which size it is, where the shoulders are, where the arms are and the hands. Another way you can debunk it is by asking the figure to raise its hand, raise its left hand, move over a certain direction. And that's a good way to figure out if it really is something paranormal or not. I love all that stuff, though. I could talk about it forever. I feel like my stubborn ass, if I was a ghost and someone was like, raise your hand, I'd be like, you don't pay my bills. Don't tell me what to do. Come on. Say, are you happy to be here? What's your name? <laughs> Bitch, I don't know you. Why would I tell you anything? Can you dance for us? Are you going to pay me? Pay me. What was your favorite toy that you played with while shooting this TV show, Living for the Dead, coming out October 18th on Hulu? That's a really good question. Let me think. Because you also made some toys. I did. I did. The shoes. <laughs> I shouldn't say toys. Why not? <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't want to, like, undermine the technological advances that have happened in the paranormal investigation world. Um to me, they're like fun. They're like fun toys. True. They're like adult toys. But they're like, I know that there's like science to it and people <laughs> really dedicate their lives developing these things. That's true. Um, tell me so about some of the ones that you worked with and worked on. Uh, I brought a pair of shoes, a pair of dancer's shoes for the Palomino episode. Oh, the Palomino, which is a legendary exotic dance venue where the ladies are sickening okay mm -hmm. the things that they were doing on those poles so you brought a heel i did i brought a pair of dancers heels those really tall ones and i cut a hole in them and i put in some electronics so it's similar to the k2 meter it illuminates whenever there's a spike in electromagnetic field energy and they say that ghosts can manipulate that i'm not 100 percent sure if that made the cut but they were fun to make <laughs> When we started filming at the beginning, I made everybody a little EMF meter that had your name customized on it as a gift. Um, as far as custom gear goes, 
their budget was great. So we had all the professional items we needed. <laughs> I didn't need to make anything more. Yeah. Okay, I want to hear some paranormal stories from you. I know you have a billion of them. Yes. When you are at a cocktail soiree <laughs> and the topic of ghosts comes up, what's your story? I love telling people about my haunted apartment. The current one. Yes. Living here is so much fun. It always keeps me on my toes. From what I've gathered, there is an older woman and a younger gentleman that just walk around and haunt my kitchen, mainly, <laughs> of all places. Um, when I first signed the lease, I was standing in the kitchen, and there was no mention of this to me, by the way. In Arizona, they don't have to tell you if someone's died in the apartment or anything. But my neighbor that lives in the guest house in the back had came by and told me about the place. So it was a connection that we knew. And she came in right as I was signing the lease and she told the landlord, oh, she's a witch. It's fine. You can tell her the truth as I was signing, right? So they're giving me the rundown about how they had to hire a shaman, that no one has ever stayed a full lease here. Oh, geez. They've all left in the middle of the night. <laughs> it's a, just a long list of people being unhappy, seeing ghosts. The last person before me, I guess, moved out in the middle of the night and broke her lease three months early, like took her children and just left. I've never broken a lease, but like... It's a big deal. That's money you got to pay, right? Like, aren't you responsible for those months or whatever? Yes. I think it was three or six months worth. There was still quite a few months left on the lease that they had to pay for. Hell no. That, I mean, that's <laughs> for me to spend that kind of money, you'd have to be a real ghost in my home. You have told me that you have a haunted apartment. And when I came to visit you, you're like, you can sleep here. And I'm like, <laughs> absolutely not. That's where I draw the line. Yeah. I got myself a lovely, a lovely hotel <laughs> where you live. I've tried to get you to say so many times. You wouldn't even use the bathroom here. You were out. Yeah, no, not interested. But I got a lovely hotel where there was a weed convention happening in the hotel. And so there was music playing and people smoking weed everywhere, which I'm not super into either. But I like that over ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what kind of stuff happens? So I think the best story was when my neighbor had gone to work, which I didn't know at the time. She was not home, and there was this loud party going on in her apartment. I had assumed that she invited like 30 people over because of how loud it was. The music was blasting, people were talking, somebody had banged on the wall like they had ran into it. I don't know what was going on over there, but it was a full-on rager. And around 2 a.m., I was like, I, I don't think I can handle this anymore. I just have to text her and tell her, like, please turn down the music. Because we live in a duplex. There's only a wall that connects us. And technically, this is all one house. So this entire house is haunted. So when I texted her and said, hey, please <laughs> turn down the music, she texted me and said, oh, I've been at work all evening and I won't be home until three. And then 10 minutes later, everything turned off. And I walked over there and I was like waiting for people to leave because I thought maybe someone had broken in. I could not make sense of it. So was the grandma ghost having a rager? I can't make any sense of it. It still baffles me to this day because no one left the house. No one came. No one went. I just, like, waited. 
I waited to see. And then when she got home, we were like looking around, seeing if there were traces of someone who had broken in and had a party, but there was nothing. Wasn't I talking to you on the phone or something not that long ago? Some weird thing happened in your bedroom at night. Oh my God, I have so many stories. It would take me a minute to even remember. Oh, I've had my TV fall off the wall. I should say thrown off the wall because it was three feet from where it was mounted. And it somehow took down three or four different paintings that were hung above it, which doesn't make any sense to me because if the TV was going to fall, it would take anything down that's below it. But instead, a couple paintings from above were ripped off. Weird. It was only photos of my family, which made it very strange. (laughs) Huh. Yeah. When stuff like that happens, though, I just try not to think too much about it and put it back and just say, hey, that was me. Don't do it again. Because I don't want to fuel the fire by any means. It's kind of like a bully. If they're teasing you, you can't really let them have that. You just got to ignore them a little bit. Set down more boundaries. Doesn't that make them want to work harder, though? I mean, they haven't since then. I also do witchcraft quite often in the house. I put up different wards. I do a lot of things to communicate to them that they have to stay in the kitchen. They can't come in my room anymore. (laughs) We have like designated areas that you can haunt and where you can't go is basically my bedroom. This is my safe room. I'm just picturing this little granny tiptoeing like, (laughs) I hope Alex doesn't see me, but I really want to go in this other room. No, I think it's her son. Oh, it's the son. I think it's the son. And the reason I know that is because a medium friend of mine came over, took like two steps in the house and was like, okay, I see an old lady and I see this this younger male that I think is possibly her son. And prior to him saying that, I had already thought that was what was going on because I had seen glimpses of them walking around. And um, for him to confirm that and then not want to come in the house was pretty spooky, I'm not going to lie. But I also love that. I like really love that. <laughs> I love that I live in a haunted house. But like, how do you keep them in one section? Like... <laughs> Are they physically not allowed to leave? I mean, I guess physically is not the right word, but like, is it a conscious thing where they're like, "Mm, I'm not allowed to go over there? Or is it like an electric fence where like if they go over there, they get zapped? (laughs) Could you imagine that old lady walking through the threshold and just (laughs) like... (laughs) Hi, dear. I made you some muffins. (laughs) I was cleaning the kitchen and... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she has shut cabinets before. She's sweet, but her son does some weird stuff around the house. It's mainly just for him because I've never had a problem with her. Oh, I like her. I'm not sure about him. I'm not sure either. I think he's a little bit of a creep. I have different things hanging on my doorway and the mirrors to make sure that they can't be used for portals. You know, I do regular spell work here just to keep the energy right. I'm not trying to get attacked in the middle of the night. I really love my sleep. I just could not sacrifice my sleep. But wait a second. How do you know who is who? Because you also collect haunted dolls. I do. I do. It's a mess here. So how do you know when it's a haunted doll, when it's granny, when it's the sun? Um, I was saying earlier that I'm a failed medium. Um, I do see them physically. And kind of in my mind. It's like a little bit of both. When it's the guy that's here, I usually can tell it's him. Like it feels different and his height, he's so much taller than the woman. Mm. The haunted dolls, I regularly hang out with and do little investigations just to say hi and figure out what their names are. 
So I have a good grasp on who's who when it comes to stuff going crazy in the house. Otherwise, it would just be chaos because I bring so many weird things into this house on a regular basis. I have so many antiques, so many haunted dolls. I have this clock that another investigator sent me a long time ago. That might be the creepiest thing I own because I don't know what's attached to that, but it's not very nice. But it also doesn't leave the clock. It just kind of like stays with it. So I haven't really had to do much with that. I love the idea of a bitchy clock. (laughs) It's a real bitchy clock. It's a cuckoo clock. has a little bird and everything. What makes you think that it's got something not nice attached to it? I don't know. No one ever feels right when they're around it. And normally, I feel like when you tell someone it's haunted, they're like, ooh, I'm scared. I don't feel well. Like, they just project that onto it. But this particular clock, I don't tell people it's haunted. And when people come over... It's in a space where if you were just standing next to my doorway in my bedroom, you would get a sense of what's going on with the clock because you're so close to it. It's like right where your head would be. And I've had two people so far stand next to it talking to me about something completely different and start to get the chills and like feel really uncomfortable and be like, I felt like somebody was right next to me where the clock was. Is what they would say. So I've had a lot of incidences with people where they would tell me something weird is with that clock and they just don't like it. Mm. without provoking them to tell me. Tell me about these haunted dolls. Where did you get these haunted (laughs) dolls? Are these eBay finds? No, they're thrift finds. Okay. People send me photos all the time of creepy dolls that they find at the thrift store. Me too. Really? Oh, nonstop. (laughs) This is why we get along so well. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Our DMs are probably similar in some ways. Totally. The creepy dolls, though, um, I don't think most of them are haunted. I just kind of call them haunted dolls. I think three actually do have attachments. The rest don't. They're just creepy. And what makes you think that? The investigations that I do with them. I'll set a REM pod next to them and just kind of like hang out, ask questions. Tell us what a REM pod is. You know what a REM pod is. I know, but a lot of the listeners don't know this (laughs) geek shit. (laughs) Okay, So a REM pod is this little disc-like thing with an antenna on the top, and the antenna emits a little field around it, an electromagnetic field, and when you enter that field, it alarms. So it has a sensor on it that'll tell you how close you are to the antenna, so the sound will get more intense the closer you are to the antenna. So if you grab onto it, it's very, very loud, but if you just kind of like creep into the field, it'll be a little quiet beep. It's a really cool device because then you can really gauge how close somebody is or how much energy is being used to illuminate the lights and make the sound go off. That one I find very convincing. I do too. Having used it a lot on this season of the show, we had a lot of times where, you know, we test it, we touch it, it makes a noise, it lights up. So we know that it works and it only works if somebody is touching it. Mm -hmm. And then if we're like to the ghost touch it and then all of a sudden it's like me and like so that was a goat sorry that wasn't a rim pop but <laughs> if it like you know it beeps and starts lighting up and whatever like that's like how did you how did that happen honestly that's a really good idea to put some different sounds other than beeps in it could you imagine one that just made goat sounds <laughs> i want one that's like oh <laughs> don't touch me there don't touch <laughs> just look don't touch Um, Okay, so you set one of those up next to these haunted dolls. Mm -hmm. And so do you, like, ask it, like, 
are you a human? And then, like, if it lights up, then you're like, okay, it's a human. Is that what we're talking? Yeah. I don't usually ask that. I feel like I don't want to know if they're human or inhuman. Right. It's one of those things I'm just like, I don't care. (laughs) I don't care. I just want to know your name and if there's anything attached to it. I try not to bond with them too much because I'm not trying to end up spending my life with some weird attachment and some weird doll. Right. Low commitment. Yeah. I tend to outfit them with electronics myself, which I love doing. I like turning them into REM pods themselves. This one that was haunted, I took her head off and I drilled her eyes out and put LEDs in them. So... (laughs) (laughs) God, you're so creepy. I thought you'd like that. (laughs) You're so creepy. I love it. And she had an antenna sticking out the top of her head and she was absolutely terrifying. I just love her. But this is how I confirmed that she really was haunted because in that process, so many bad things started happening to me. My phone is like shattered in a million pieces. I burnt myself really badly trying to put her head back on. I had so (laughs) many crazy things happen with her, but she's a functioning red pod now. I love. (laughs) I think she said her name was Sybil too, which is just perfect. Sybil. Oh my God, that's so funny. She burned you. She was mad. If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines, honey. And June's Journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens. And don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the Detective Club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out. You never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You know, another thing about you, like when we first met, when we were starting this project and stuff, of the five of us, you're the only one of us that had done like TV paranormal investigating. Yeah. You 
have done stuff with the Ghost Adventures people. Yes. How did that happen? That happened in 2018 where Zach was originally opening his haunted museum and people were submitting videos as to why they would be locked into the haunted museum by themselves. And when I submitted it... Oh, my God. (laughs) That's the thing about you. That's the thing that people need to know about who you are is that you're the first one that's like, ooh, a coffin where dead people have been in? I want to do that. That sounds that sounds relaxing to me. Like you on this show are the one that's like, I want the scariest of all scary. That stuff seems to not phase you at all. No, there's just something about it. It makes me feel alive. I really, really love it because it's almost like I put myself in these kind of dangerous situations because I am half skeptic and half a believer Most of the time, my brain is telling me none of this is real. And if something is happening, I absolutely have to prove that it's actually happening. So I don't typically get scared unless there's some undisputable proof going on. And in that moment, my desire is to capture it. Because I don't know if it's being probably like a scientist would. If something's happening, they're like, oh, my God, I have to capture this. This is life changing. Mm -hmm. So that takes over. And then I'm not scared anymore. I'm just like, oh, my God, I have to document this. This is everything I've been waiting for. Right. So my fear is really counteracted by curiosity. I have so much curiosity. So Zach Baggins is like, who wants to sleep in my basement in Las Vegas? And you were like, me. Yep. And then he chose you. He did, and I got locked into the haunted museum by myself for quite a few hours. I think it was like four hours with a camera strapped to me, and I couldn't see but like two feet in front of my face. It was fantastic. I was living my best life. And why is that place haunted? He's got a ton of artifacts in there. The scariest room was with the Oddfellows skeletons in it. I was not aware that there were just like raw skeletons with tendons and stuff still on their face, just like out, like out in the open because I couldn't really see. And as I stepped into it, I like grabbed the skull and like was trying to figure out what it was. And I was like, okay, this is a full on dead body. Like this isn't a replica by any means. Oh my God. It was great. I loved it. Yeah. Maybe I have this like obsession with death a little bit. I feel like it helps me maybe live my life a little fuller just because I'm embracing the fact that we are going to die someday. And that is very real. Mm -hmm. And coming to peace with that allows me to live in a, I don't know, maybe in a brighter way where I appreciate it more. Would you say that you're living for the dead? I would say that. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I, you know, I think about that a lot too. People that have a fascination for the paranormal to whatever degree. I wonder how much of it is a obsession with death. Mm -hmm. I wonder about that for myself. And I think it's very human to wonder what happens when we die. It's like the one fact that is true about all of us that we all have in common Mm -hmm. and that we're all going to have loved ones die. Like it's just it's just a part of it. But we don't fully know. So when we get these little signs, these little blips or whatever, it is very intriguing. It's like, tell me more. Absolutely. There's so much to it. And I feel so introspective after an investigation where I really love thinking about maybe the meaning of life and life after death and where it is that we go. And do we have a soul? Is it possible that our spirits continue to walk the earth? 
is it possible that it's just memories trapped in like a weird quantum physics way that we don't fully understand yet? There are so many options and I'm just dying to know. Or is it all of them? It could be all of them. <laughs> What's when you say you're dying to know? Because once you die is when you will know. Exactly. <laughs> you also did an episode of, was it called Ghost Adventures House Calls? Yes, that was during the pandemic. We flew out to Florida and investigated this home. It was a lot of fun. I mean, it was house calls, so it was mainly people's homes that were haunted. They had a pretty deep history with paranormal things, and I believe that we really helped them. And I hope that they're doing all right now. I do still talk to one of them, and they say that the activity has gotten better since. So that makes me happy. Yeah, I don't know. I think that was what really propelled me into this universe where I was like, ooh, this is actually really fun. And if this could be a full-time job, I want it to be that. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's all I think about. Totally. Speaking of your full-time job, one of my favorite parts of your job and my job is a little thing called electronic voice phenomenal. <gasps> Can I play you some ghost voices? Yes, please. <laughs> It's time for EVPs or EV please. Okay. What I do, Alex LeMay, <laughs> is I go to YouTube or TikTok or wherever and I find EVPs. What people say are ghost voices that they have captured in an investigation or however they get them. They throw them up on the internet. I say, ooh, that one. And I'm going to play it for you. I want you to tell me what you hear, and then I'm going to give you a couple of options, one of them being the correct answer, which is what they believe the ghost is saying. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> okay. The first one is from a place that you and I have been together, the iconic Waverly Hills Sanatorium. <gasps> yes. Though I am always tempted to call it Sanatorium. <laughs> the Waverly Hills Sanatorium, which is an old tuberculosis hospital that has gone on to also be known as one of the most haunted places in the entire world. And a lot of people go in there and ghost hunt. And who even knows what the ghosts are at this point? There's, I mean, do people bring things in? Are people spicing things up and their Ouija boards and I don't know. There's just so much spiritual activity in the air. And I, I'm sorry that I don't know the exact location of where in Waverly Hills because it's a massive place, but somewhere in there, Christine Ayers 1 on TikTok found this voice. What is it saying, Alex LeMay? Let's go! <laughs> <laughs> again I think it's kind of like a longer like like I think that's sort of the the rhythm of it mm -hmm. is it cursing listen I it's very possible do you have any guesses <laughs> it sounds like that's my Blank, you fucker. <laughs> could, be, could be really wrong there. Cause... That's my man, you fucker. <laughs> um... 
I hear motherfucker at the end. Possible. But that's not what Christine Ayers one on TikTok believed. Is it A, don't you want to fuck me? (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. That's what it does kind of sound. Okay. Is it B, you're standing right in front of me? Is it C, it's a free country? Or D, you don't want it from me? Which is a classic warning. You don't want it from me. Okay. It's one of those. I'm going to play it again. It's probably the last one. You don't want it from me. I could hear that. Christina Ayers one believes that it is B. You're standing right in front of me. (laughs) Okay. Now that we know that, let's listen again. I think it is. Don't you want to fuck me? It's like... It's like I can project what I want to hear on that one really well because it's not super clear. Right, right. But it's, it's it, listen, I think it very well could be something. <laughs> I just don't know exactly what it's saying. Um, okay, here's another one. Now, this is not a place that we went to on the show, uh, but this is a place that you and I have been before, which is the Birdcage Theater <gasps> in Tombstone, Arizona. Oh, fun. That was fun. Yeah, that's one of those little old western towns that's super haunted. And Do you call that a ghost town? I don't really know Arizona culture. Mm, yes and no, because there are people there. Right, exactly. But... There's a lot of people in full-on Old West cosplay, (laughs) literally people, like, doing reenactments in the street. It's pretty fun. Also, a lot of uh, Make America Great Again (laughs) regalia. True. (laughs) But also a lot of ghosts. So here is an EVP that was posted by San Diego Haunted 5965. On YouTube, uh, <laughs> what is it saying? Okay, this one creeps me out. It's like a whisper. Ooh, it is. Let me play it again. All I could make out was don't something something, possibly my hand. Don't talk to my hand because the face don't want to hear it. I could see that. Well, that is not what San Diego Haunted 5965 thought. What did he think? Is it A, those pants are it? Oh. Like, damn, those pants are it. Is it B, oh, look at him? Is it C, then let them in? Or D, let's get lit? Okay, let me play it. Now I hear it. Don't let them in. I think that's it. Now, I'm not sure if that's what I said. Oh. But they believe it was C, then let them in. Now, I hear don't let them in. I also hear don't let them in. But they say, then let them in. Let's hear it again. Okay. I think it could be then let them in or don't let them in. Yeah, it could be both. Somebody, they're letting someone somewhere. (laughs) Okay, Alex. Roz. Before we wrap up, you and I are about to share with the world very soon this 
television project that we worked on together. Let's talk about it a little bit. So we went to eight different locations. What would you say was the scariest one that we went to? Ooh, the scariest? Probably Lemp. The Lemp Mansion, which is in St. Louis, Missouri. Mm -hmm. That was the final destination that we went to. It was. Why would you say that was the scariest? I think out of all the locations, I felt pretty good. I felt like I had a good handle on my footing, like I wasn't getting knocked over anything. And something about the Lemp Mansion, it knocked me off of my feet a lot. I don't know how to describe it, really. It was like the room was spinning a lot, and I kept seeing these shadows that were crawling up the walls, which I didn't see in any of the other locations. Mm-hmm. Um, and the amount of energy that was in there, it was just so heavy. And us sleeping there, I think that location was the hardest. It's an old mansion, historic site, where it's also a bed and breakfast that people stay in mm-hmm. and very well known as a haunted place. Yeah, we did have a lot of activity at that place. That is the place that made me physically ill, which was a first for me. Mm-hmm. I've got a pretty strong stomach when it comes to like, yeah. oh my God, the stuff that I can eat and be fine with or <laughs> gross things I can hear about or whatever. Like, I usually don't get sick like that. But that place, oof, I went to the, the area that people feel bad vibes and it made me ill. You were so sick. We were all surprised. I was, I was very sick. <laughs> I also saw um, what I believe to be a shadow figure creature. Did you? Of some sort in that place, yes, which was new to me. I've actually never seen one, so that was pretty creepy to me. It's so creepy, especially when they're climbing the walls. I don't see that a lot, and that was the only place I've seen that. Yeah, I didn't see that, but um, that one looked to me like the ghost had to poop really bad or pee or something. I don't even know how to describe it other than like a scurry when you really got to go. Like it was like it ran across my eyeline like. Like the butt was tucked in and it was scooching. Yes. And it was crouched down and it was just like coming through, coming through, coming through. That's what it looked like to me. They say that Edwin was really short. So I think that checks out. Edwin Lamp was one of the people that they believe is the spirit in that home, they say. (laughs) So what was your favorite memory with me while shooting this TV show? Oh, with you? (laughs) My favorite memory with you is at the Scottsdale house, especially because of how tough you are on psychics. You didn't believe any of it. You were like, no, I don't believe any of this. (laughs) Like, you were done. (laughs) I'm skeptical of psychics. I'm the first one to admit it. And I did work with a team of, I mean, three psychics and you, in your words, a failed medium. But nonetheless, <laughs> you got a little bit of it. And I'm skeptical of it. You know, it doesn't mean I don't believe. But we went to this house. I don't want to give too much away. But I saw some psychics doing the thing that you want to see them do. Yeah. Well, you know, what's funny is like over the years of doing this show... And it's it's funny because I'm just this is just now occurring to me. I've interviewed so many people that do these kinds of shows, and I'm always asking them questions like, "What do you guys do like when you're done shooting for the day?" Or like, 
how do you travel? Like, do you guys, do you travel together? Like, I don't know. I always want to just like know all those kind of details. And it makes me think about you and I, like, like when we would travel from place to place and like getting little candy snacks and driving around. <laughs> yes. Hanging out in our hotel room. <laughs> Going in our RV because we do drive in an RV across country. There's only so much that can be seen in a 43-minute show. They can't show everything. For example, with the Clown Motel episode, which at this time of recording is the only one that you and I have seen, there were things that didn't make it into it, including like when we slept, because we did sleep there. Yeah. We really did sleep there for three nights. Mm -hmm. And I hated it. And you were tormented. (laughs) Yeah. That location absolutely messed me up. I've never been so affected by a location like that. I felt like I was crying all of the time. I couldn't sleep. I don't think I slept the whole time, actually. Now that I think back, I maybe totaled three hours in all three of those days. And this is the kind of stuff that I want people to know that are going to be watching the show. And again, I'm skeptical. I watch some of these shows sometimes and I'm like, they're not really sleeping there, are they? Like, how come I'm not seeing this or seeing that? Like, well, it's because of the time. Mm -hmm. You can't see everything. But when we stayed there, I think it was the first night, like, getting texts from you that are like, I am seeing something in my room and I can't deal with this. And then me and Ken went down to your room with cameras to see what we could get. And I was sleeping in Ken's room (laughs) platonically because I was so damn scared of my room. (laughs) And Ken's room was the one where allegedly a ghost would pull on your feet in the middle of the night and tickle your toes or whatever And then Ken starts going to sleep and his foot starts shaking like crazy. And I'm sitting here like, (laughs) where am I? I'm in the middle of nowhere, Nevada, at a damn clown motel. I got a psychic whose leg is being pulled to the other side right now. And then I got you downstairs crying because there's a demon trying to take you to the other side. I don't know what was going on in that room, but it was not okay. It was not okay. And it was the one that had the giant exorcist face. Yeah, very cozy. It was a whole mural of the exorcist face with vomit coming out. Everything about that room was uncomfortable. There was something in the air that was so devastatingly sad. It affected me to where I... Oh, God, it was awful. I stayed with Juju. I stayed with you. I stayed with anybody who would let me stay because I just could not sleep in that room. Yeah, you did stay with me. And um, tell me about your experience sleeping in the same room as me. (laughs) Platonically. I do not know how you sleep with the heater that high. Honestly, it was so hot in that room. (laughs) It It was 30 degrees out. No. But you had it at like 82. I wanted to be toasty. (laughs) Yes, you did. We were fully toasted. We were burnt. My theory with that is that ghosts are cold (laughs) and I'll melt their asses. (laughs) They're like ice cube. They're like snowmen. Okay. Has that worked before? I don't know. I was trying out new things. I was experimenting. Slept with every single light in that room on. I did. I wasn't paying the electric. I kept every light on in every haunted room I stayed in. And you finally fell asleep. You were sitting up and like no covers on or anything. Like you were watching for something and just passed out right there, like propped up. 
was great. My body just gave out because I did not sleep that entire time. We were so tired. I just saw a picture today. Well, we all were sharing a picture from our final day of the shoot, which was eight weeks, I think, eight, nine weeks, something like that. And I'm like, that's somebody that hasn't slept a good night's sleep in (laughs) eight, nine weeks. I mean, I did not sleep in those places. Yeah, we all had a rough go. And then once I got to the RV or to another hotel that wasn't haunted, it was just like 12 hours (laughs) of sleep. Like it was so, it was rough. (laughs) But I wouldn't change it for the world. Oh, yeah, I like those memories. I liked coming home exhausted door dashing the biggest meal possible, and then just passing out. Mm -hmm. It was wonderful. Totally. I loved it. Well, Alex, I sure do love you. I love you. I'm so happy we're doing this together. Tell the people where they can find you and what you got going on. Tell them about your store. You make the coolest things. Oh, thanks. Um, Well, I'm on Instagram at It's Alex LeMay. Same with TikTok and YouTube. TikTok celebrity. Oh, please. <laughs> it's not that many followers. Big TikTok. Ugh. And Moon Goddess Market is the name of my store. I make lots of little sassy gadgets and keychains and shirts and things. Yeah, you hear that? Moon Goddess Market for all you spooky people out there. There's like so many cool, unique, great little gifts. And just, like, fun things for the unique, spooky person in your life. And support small businesses. Yeah. I also make paranormal gear, and that's where it's located. Cool. See, I love that. I think a lot of what we're doing with this show is sort of um, making the paranormal a little, you know, it's getting a little makeover. Mm Mm-hmm. In some ways. I mean, it's sort of how my podcast is, too. Like, there's vibes to it. It's just a little different. It's not better or worse or whatever than the way that other people do it. But, you know, we got a little, it's the word riz that the kids say. There's a little riz. There's a little (laughs) style. There's a little flair to it. And I think that the aesthetic of like the kind of stuff that you do, like you have like really cute paranormal equipment. Mm -hmm. If somebody ever wants like a sparkly coffin shaped REM pod or something like Alex is the one that will get it for you. Absolutely. I'm trying to make it cute. Cute and creepy. I'm here for it. I love the vibes. I love that we can dress up and show up to these locations looking fucking amazing. Yeah, and you better believe I'm wearing platforms. <laughs> Try wearing platforms in an abandoned tuberculosis sanatorium. It's not It's not easy. Okay, well, Alex, that'll do it for this time. But I hope you come back some other time. And... um. I love ya. I love you too. Bye bye. Bye. Thank you so much to Alex LeMay. I'm not kidding. Check out what Alex does at her store. Like incredible stuff that you can buy online. And be sure to watch the show October 18th on Hulu, Living for the Dead. Also, I got some tour dates where I'm doing stand up, telling jokes not about ghosts. And not for children. I get a little saucy. I'm not going to lie. It gets a little saucy. A joke about, you know, stuff. Stuff that grown-ups talk about. A lot of queer stuff, if you like queer kind of stuff like that. 
Um, so please, I'd love to see you at one of my stand-up shows. Go to my link in my bio on Instagram. And of course, make sure you're looking at the Instagram for this podcast called Ghosted by Roz. Just add Ghosted by Roz. Those story highlights on the main page, those little circles that you see, one says dolls, one says episode stuff. That's where you can find these doll pictures, like different photos and videos of things that we talk about. Make sure you're checking those out. I'll be back next week. I get to talk to another one of my glorious cast members of this TV show. I love you all, both living and dead. But if I didn't ask you to haunt me, don't haunt me. Okay, bye! This has been an Exactly Right production. Want to share your paranormal experience on the podcast? I read stories out loud, and sometimes I'll even call you. So email me at ghostedbyroz at gmail.com. You can send a DM or voice message to the show's Instagram at ghostedbyroz. Give us a follow while you're there. And follow me, Roz, on Instagram at Roz Hernandez and on TikTok and Twitter at It's Roz Hernandez. My senior producer is the startling Jiha Lee. Associate producer is the alarming Alex Chi. This episode was mixed and sound designed by the eerie Edson Choi. My guest booker is the petrifying Patrick Kotner. Additional production support from the hair-raising Hannah Kyle Crichton. My theme music is by the spine-chilling Brendan Lynch-Salomon. Artwork by the spooky Vanessa Lilac. Photography by the terrifying Elizabeth Karen. Executive produced by the chilling Karen Kilgareth, the spooky Georgia Hardstark, and the frightening Danielle Kramer. Follow Ghosted by Roz Hernandez on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts so you don't miss an episode. If you like what you hear, rate and review the show. Visit ExactlyRightStore.com to purchase Ghosted by Roz Hernandez merch.